You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 326. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Do you ever feel like you just want someone to tell you what to eat, and if you'll eat that, you'll lose weight? Or do you ever feel like you just sort of need someone to throw you the meal plan, and if you have it in front of you, and if you have a shopping list, then you will stay on track? Well, I listened to what all of you have wanted for a long time, and it was basically exactly that. The pain point for so many of you seems to be that you don't know what to eat or it's just too hard to put it all together. You're tired of what you've been eating and you don't know how to put all of the meals together to make sure that it is a balanced day of macronutrients. So what I've done is I put it all together for you in a 21-day challenge and that challenge starts this week. It starts September 11th. Now, even if you listen to this podcast weeks later or months later or years later, you can still access the challenge. However, starting on September 11th, we've got one great group who is going to go through the 21-day meal plan challenge. Now, I think a meal plan can be a little overwhelming. And so in the past, I I don't create meal plans very often. I have like one or two. Uh, that I have had in the past that I've sold to clients or given to clients. Um, The reason I don't love them is because they're overwhelming. You get a meal plan and then you think it's going to be so easy and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I have six recipes for dinner I have to make this week. Like I have to get all the food for these six different recipes and there's a different lunch recipe and there's a different breakfast recipe. And before you know it, you buy these meal plans and you never make it to the end of the week eating all the different food. It's because it's too overwhelming. And that's why in this 21 day challenge, I'm gonna break the meal plan down week by week so that you don't have six different dinners you have to make, so that you can make a dinner and then have leftovers and eat it the next day, so that you can practice some of these recipes at least twice before you get a full week meal plan. That is so much less overwhelming, trust me. Now at the very least, I encourage you to join our 21 day challenge because you are going to get six new healthy dinner recipes, five new healthy lunch recipes, five healthy breakfast recipes. There's gonna be snacks, there's gonna be veggies. And again, I'm gonna show you how to make everything balance with your macronutrients in a day. And also, I want to guide you on how you can then make your own meal plans so that you can keep this going. I want you guys to start the fall season off with a bang, but I want you to keep it going. I don't want you to keep falling off track. So all of that in the meal plan challenge. Go to earnthatbody.com. Right there on the top, you will see a button that says meal plan challenge, or just go to programs under the nutrition section. You will see it there. I'm super excited about it. I've been eating all these new meals now for the last couple months because I, I get a recipe and then I change it to be as healthy and tasty as possible. And so these are all now my go-to meals. I love them, and I think that you will too. All right, what are we talking about today? Well. If you listened to last week's podcast episode, some 
body. Actually, I think it was a few people were asking me a lot about Pilates, a lot about yoga, because I've been posting that in my recovery phase um, of having an injury, I've been doing a lot of those types of workouts and they wanted to know what they were, are they different, should you do them, should you not, all that. So we're gonna talk about Pilates and yoga today, a little bit about what they are, how they're different, and which one might be best for you or maybe isn't best for you. So we're gonna talk about all of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from On Health Consumer Reports, I have two little short ones because they were short and to me, very interesting. This first one is just a really great reminder, not only for you, but also for me. I found it very interesting. The title was Keep Your Spices Safe. Did you guys know that 48% of spice jars were contaminated with foodborne bacteria in a study that examined objects after people had cooked raw ground turkey? Some was also found on soap dispensers, pan handles, cutting boards, phones, eyeglasses, and water bottles. So everyone, what they are saying is you need to wash your hands before and after prepping any raw meat and before touching another item. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of it. Like sometimes I have a recipe on my phone and I'm like chopping stuff and working with meat and I'm like trying to knuckle my phone to like not touch my phone, but use my knuckles. God only knows what's on the phone, right? So we touch a lot of things, but when you're working with raw meat, it is just very important that you work with the meat, you put it where it needs to go, in the bowl, in the pan, and then you go and wash your hands. Now, it's probably a good idea for all of us to take some sanitizer and wash these phones off and then just kind of go through your kitchen. Likely you already do this, but it's a really good idea to go through the kitchen, get the handles, the refrigerator door um, handles as well, knobs, whatever you call them, um, microwave handles, buttons. Go through and give everything a good cleanse so that everything is clean in case you haven't been super careful. Really important. Now, another one that I really liked, so I have to I have to throw in one more uh, Eagles Eye on Health today. They said the Chirpy Mood Booster, and there is the cutest picture of this little bird. It says that people who saw birds or heard bird song got a 53% boost in their emotional well-being in a recent United Kingdom study of over 1,200 people. The study volunteers used an app to assess their happiness, social connection, and confidence, as well as anxiety, stress, and low moods several times a day. Researchers found that being around birds boosted participants' positive feelings for several hours. Now, being a gardener that I am, I'm around birds all the time. I hear all kinds of very interesting chirping outside when I'm in the garden. Some chirps I like, and then there's like this one, I think it's called a catbird. Have you guys ever heard what a catbird sounds like? Not the sweetest chirp you ever heard. However, I do definitely love the birds, love the sounds, and so I thought this little article was really interesting. To me, just another reason to make sure that you're getting outside, getting in nature, because there seem to be so many positive benefits when you do that including the cute little birds. 
All right, team. So let's talk a little bit about Pilates, about yoga. Maybe you've done both before. Maybe you would like to know that I, my entire life, (laughs) up until this year, have been very adamant that I do not like Pilates. And it's kind of funny because a very good friend of mine who I went to graduate school with happens to be one of the top Pilates instructors in, um, well, around. She wrote the, the book of dummies for Pilates. Her name is Ellie Herman. She's amazing. I'm blessed because I moved here to Pennsylvania and she lives an hour away. She lives in Philly. And so I get to take her Pilates now. Now, I bring her up because we went to graduate school together, and she was always trying to get me to come in and do Pilates with her. And so I would go, and she would do these amazing private sessions for me on the Reformer, on the Cadillac, and her mat classes, and I just never liked it. Like, I just felt like I wasn't getting a workout, and it was a waste of my time, and I just never liked it. Now, uh, fast forward until now where I have injuries and I really can't do a lot of anything else. Ellie said, why don't you come in and take my Pilates class? And I was like, ugh, all right, I'll come. I'll come because it's you and, you know, we can have lunch after. So I went and I absolutely loved it. Now, I think part of the reason was because I am so limited in what I can do due to my knee and due to my hamstring. And so Pilates was something I could do. And I actually felt myself working really hard. I'm not sure if in the old days I just wasn't giving it the right time or the right mind frame or I was in that space when I was younger that you had to burn a zillion calories and it had to be super intense all the time. Instead, I have grown to love Pilates over the last couple months for what it really is and that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about today. Now, I also love yoga, so everybody probably knows that if you've listened to the podcast or if you take my classes or you do my programs. Yoga has always been a passion of mine, and I have been doing yoga, let's see, for like maybe 30 years, and it has always been something that I have loved. Now, the funny thing about yoga is that when I was young and didn't wanna do Pilates, I would go to these Ashtanga yoga classes in San Diego, and I think I've talked about this before, the instructors would put me in these binds because I could get into the bind with their assistance, meaning they'd wrap one arm behind your hip and you'd bend forward while they wrap the other arm around the other hip and and I could get there. And so they would always encourage that and they sort of help you get into those binds if you can't get in on your own. And then I would walk out of class generally limping because it hurt my knee. And it hurt my back. And I always, I look back now and I think, how come the yoga instructors didn't note that? Like, maybe you shouldn't put someone in a bind that they, A, cannot get into on their own. If you can only get into a bind because you are assisted into that bind, maybe, just saying, maybe you shouldn't be in that bind. Now, I'm not saying that for everyone. Maybe some people do need the help to get into a bind and they have no pain after and it really helps them get a deeper stretch. Awesome, you have to do you. But I have a very 
strong memory of doing those classes, dying in those classes, sweating in those classes, and then walking out limping. And, you know, God only knows if that (laughs) stemmed some of my knee issues today. You just never know, right? So kind of funny that that I loved, but the Pilates that was so gentle on my body, I didn't love. And that was what? Being young and not wise. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the differences and what you need to know or maybe never knew about Pilates and yoga. So Pilates, first of all, for those of you who don't know, it was developed by someone named Joseph Pilates. So it wasn't actually something um, that Pilates doesn't mean something other than it's his last name. And he developed it at the end of World War One. So this is not something that is anything new by any means. And it was primarily used back then as rehabilitation for wounded soldiers, which I always thought was very interesting because I always thought it was created for ballet dancers. Uh, Interesting? Very interesting to me. Um, Pilates was brought to the United States in 1923 and there's been years and years since then of the refining this approach. Now Pilates has a ton of benefits and That is why so many people enjoy it and want to do it. Now, in case you've never seen it or never done it, just so you understand, it's a low impact exercise. It creates a lot of strength through muscle balance and core. So it is a very deeply centered exercise regime, I guess you could say, centered around your core, but it's not just a core workout. So there's a strong emphasis on your core and core strength, but that's actually not the end goal. It's more that you're using core strength to develop functional, even sustainable movement patterns throughout your body. And that again has been such a it's like been this really eye-opening thing for me to be working on movement through my body, not just lifting weights or throwing kicks and kickboxing or running, but actually going from a very deep space in the core and then moving your body almost around that. And if you've seen Pilates before, you might have seen they have mat classes. They have that reformer, if you've ever seen that. Um, It's sort of a machine that you use. They have something called the chair. There's a Cadillac. All those are very sort of high-level equipment things that you don't even have to get to. You can gain so many benefits from just mat Pilates. It is very challenging. As I said, the nice thing is it's low impact, and it's going to work on your strength, your motivation. Mobility. It also helps sort of align your body, fine tuning all the different movement patterns in your body, and then really helping you gain a deeper sense of core strength. Now, some of the benefits besides core strength is that it definitely improves your posture. So that is one thing I have noticed a ton is that I have so much more posture awareness 
since getting into Pilates. And improved posture is the difference between weak, imbalanced muscles. Even some people get headaches from weak posture because they're not aligning their head properly and their neck. Um, it also helps shoulder and back pain. It helps you sit tall. It helps you stand tall. So Pilates focuses so much on this full body alignment and ideal range of motion at the joints that you're able to sort of balance all of the opposing muscles and get a real awareness of your alignment. Spectacular. It's something we absolutely need. No, it shouldn't just be thought of as something that elderly people need. Unless you consider me elderly, I am 51 now. <laughs> it is something that we all need. Now, a lot of people get decreased back pain with Pilates as well because you're targeting the deeper abdominal muscles and you're even targeting the pelvic floor to contract and release. You get this very deep sense of strength and these muscles work like a brace to lift and support, almost like lifting and supporting your organs and protecting and stabilizing your back. So I have noticed, because I get a lot of low back pain, I have um, scoliosis, and I think the years of pounding the pavement with running have not benefited my back. And so Pilates has definitely helped me because I feel like it's lengthening my spine. Now, it's not in fact making me taller, but I feel like it's lengthening the muscles all the way down my spine. And so I'm getting a lot less back pain and a little bit more range of motion in my low back because I have lost a ton of range of motion in my low back. And so I feel like it's definitely been helping me and it is known to help people with back pain. Now, another great thing about Pilates is people take it to prevent injuries. Hello. <laughs> Pilates balances the muscles of the body so that they're not loose and weak, but also not tight and rigid. Because muscles that are too loose and weak or too tight and rigid can make the body more susceptible to injury. So whether you're young or whether you're old, we don't want that. And Pilates focuses on developing sort of a dynamic strength, which means that you're better able to support and stabilize your joints while you're moving. And research has suggested that Pilates is an effective method for reducing injury risk in different sports. So I think Pilates is a fantastic thing that all athletes should be adding at least once a week to their workout plan because it can prevent injuries. And it's funny because Ellie always tells me that she started getting into Pilates because she was a dancer and she got injured. And so she went and did Pilates to overcome injury. And she said she sees mostly so many people start Pilates because they're injured. Hello, that's me. That's when I came back to Ellie, right? So some people do Pilates when they're injured because it is sort of a rehabilitative, nice um, workout that you can do as a rehab. And some people go now to prevent injuries, which is always the best thing you can do. You want to be preventative in anything you can do so that you never even get the problem. Now, just like all exercise, it can help increase energy. And that, that's more for people who like, if you're not exercising at all, and then all of a sudden you start doing Pilates, you're probably going to feel better. You're going to have more energy. I'm not going to say that, you know, my endurance athletes who start doing Pilates are all of a sudden more energetic. I mean, that's definitely not the case. But if you're, if you're going from not moving to moving, then you're probably going to see that increase in energy. 
Now, a major thing it does is it enhances body awareness. Pilates is definitely something that you sort of, um, you have this ability to focus, I guess, on sensations in your body, uh, awareness of comfort or pain. Some people even get emotional, kind of like yoga, some different, some different, um, forms, I guess you could say, or exercises can get people emotional. I find that's much more with yoga than Pilates, but they say that even with enhancing body awareness with Pilates, it can impact emotions as well. Now, with enhanced proprioception, the body is better able to respond to stimulus, which again can prevent injuries and even falls, and better body awareness may help you prevent things that come with compensation. So this is something I haven't talked about a lot, but with injury, we usually create some kind of bodily compensation. So that's basically what I'm living with right now. I had a knee injury, and because of that pain, I started walking probably different, running different, doing everything different, and so now I have glute pain on the opposite side, and it is likely a compensation issue. Now, that is where that Pilates gets very interesting because when you have this body awareness and you're doing something, say, on the reformer, at least for me, or doing an exercise on the mat, what I have come to realize is there's certain exercises I can't even do on one side. And so it's so interesting that when you do some of these moves, you almost cannot compensate. But yet, if I do strength training or yoga even, I can totally compensate. I can totally do a yoga move and shift out of my knee that was hurting me onto the other side of my body, and maybe you don't see it, and maybe I don't even feel that I'm doing it, but you can totally, a good instructor would notice that I'm compensating over to the other side. I find that with Pilates, you can't. So there's so many things I cannot do in Pilates because of my scoliosis and the compensation that's been going on for so many years that now I go, oh, I am so weak on the left side of my back that I can't even do this move to the left. And so it has been an incredible eye opener and is for so many people about body awareness. Um, so something I highly encourage you to try just for that alone is you may see how many imbalances that you actually have. Now, Pilates is for sure going to help you with flexibility. It's going to help you with mobility. It's going to help you with balance as well. And so honestly, I just can't say enough good things about it. I just think it's funny that it's the one thing that I have avoided for as long as I possibly good, right? Now, yoga is different than Pilates. There are some similarities. Um, For one, the origin is obviously completely different. Yoga has been around for about 3,000 years. It has its roots in shamanism and Buddhism and so many other Eastern religions. And it is centered around relaxation, exercise, breathing, Also, a huge component of yoga is sort of the mind component. So the mind-body, mindfulness, deep breathing, both of those are very key features in yoga. Now, in yoga, you also tend to go through various poses. Some 
times at a very slow pace, sometimes more of a flow pace, and that just depends on the kind of yoga that you're doing. So you probably have heard of so many types of yoga out there. Hatha yoga, slow yoga, some people call it. Yin yoga, some people call it. Um, Restorative yoga, that's a different type of yoga. So many different kinds. Ashtanga yoga, a million kinds of yoga that have sort of evolved and it depends where you practice and what classes you take and what brand or company or store you're going to for your yoga online as well. Yoga has definitely evolved over the years. And so lots of different flows. In comparison, just wanna add that Pilates is a little more of a quicker pace, okay? So one thing I noticed when I was taking Pilates, it was like, you do this move, then you go to that move, then you go to that move, and I was like, oh, okay. There wasn't like a really great flow from move to move, and so that was just different for me. And in yoga, there's definitely more of a flow. It tends to be a little bit slower. I like that flow. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, Just very different. So yoga also has so many amazing benefits, just like Pilates. It's gonna benefit you just like all exercise does. It's gonna give you increased mobility. It's gonna help you with your balance. It's definitely gonna help you strengthen the body using body weight. Um, In yoga, we don't typically use a lot of equipment, whereas in Pilates, you might. But again, yoga has evolved so much that people do use all kinds of equipment these days with yoga. But traditional yoga, you don't really use a lot of equipment. You have a mat. Um, It's incredible for mind. I always say like yoga is sort of this physical meditation. You're, You're combining your mind with your breath, with your movement. And so I think it's it's just a beautiful practice. And I think that's what I feel more. It's it's a practice. Pilates, I don't I don't see it as a Pilates practice as much. It's it's different forms of movement. But yoga is definitely more of something of a practice. Now, they both have a lot of similarities um, as well, if you think about it. They're both low-impact forms of exercise. They both can be done with very little equipment. Basically, just a mat is really all you need if that's what you want to do either one. That makes both of these really great when you're traveling because you can do either one of these anywhere, just in the space of a mat. So you can do it in a hotel room, basically, right? They both definitely have components of breath and breathing, and there's definitely a mental focus. They both reduce stress because whenever you're moving your body and breathing deeply, it is going to impact the stress that you have in your body. Another really nice thing about yoga and Pilates is that they can be tailored to different fitness levels. And that's really important as well because there are beginner levels of yoga and beginner levels of Pilates and very advanced levels. Now, I wanna tell you a little funny story. I went to take a Pilates reformer class um, here near me where I just uh, where I live now in Pennsylvania. And the first class I took, it was on the reformer and I was like, I liked it. I liked the way I felt, but I was like, oh, I for sure can go like so much harder. Of course, that's like this old mindset of mine that it has to be intense, right? So that was like a level one. 
And then I was like, oh, I saw on the, the schedule, there's like a level two, 2.5, but you have to get the instructor's permission. And I'm thinking, well, I should just get the instructor's permission because I'm sure I'll be fine in like a higher level. Like I'm so strong and I've got core strength and I'm sure I could do that. Um, and thankfully, I did not reach out to an instructor to get that permission because then I was like, well, let me take the level 1.5 and see what that's like. Just at this particular place from the one to the 1.5 was such a dramatic increase in intensity that I was laughing at myself saying, yeah, you're not ready for the two or 2.5. Like stop trying to be that person who's trying to hit the finish line or be at the top level. You've just started this journey. And so I'm not at the advanced level. And I can only imagine the advanced level because I can barely do some of the stuff at the lower level. So Pilates has levels. Yoga has levels as well. Now, I've definitely gotten to the advanced levels of yoga, but I've been doing it for 30 years. So just know that if you've never done these before, please start at the beginning and slowly work your way back up. Now, you may be asking, but which one is better? Which one should I be doing? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, they are great workouts. Both of them are great workouts. Now, if you have any kind of health condition or any kind of injury, first thing you need to do is ask your doctor if you can do either one of these or if the doctor even recommends which one might be better. Now, sadly, doctors today, they don't even know probably the difference between yoga and Pilates. So I'm very sad that that's the place that we're at, but in the medical world that we are in right now, at least in our country, they know very little about exercise and nutrition. I hope that you have a doctor that does, but I know from personal experience, most of them don't. But if they cannot guide you as to what might be best for your injury or health condition, then by all means, reach out to the yoga instructor or Pilates instructor and let them know what you're dealing with so that they might be able to determine what is best for you as well. Now, many forms of yoga require flexibility, mobility of the joints, especially the spine, the hips, your wrists even. And although most poses can be modified, a person with a lot of limitations or pain, they might find it very challenging to follow some types of yoga. Now, again, there's many types of yoga, so there's certain restorative yogas that might be better. Um, there's even chair yoga. And then for people who don't have any of those limitations, you might be able to do more of the flow yoga and things that are a little more advanced and fast paced. Now, Pilates, for some reason, I'm always reading that they say it's great exercise for older adults or those recovering from injury. And that's probably why I never wanted to do it <laughs> because that's what it is being publicized as for, and that's ridiculous. It is not just for older adults, and it is not just for people recovering from injury. Now, it's great for older adults and people with injury because it is low impact. The moves can be very subtle at the beginner level. There's different forms, there's different ways to do things, and so it has that ability to benefit older adults and those kind of recovering from injury. But it is absolutely great for young adults, anyone who's an athlete, anyone who needs this cross training for mobility and strengthening and lengthening 
um, and body and muscle awareness. So that, you know, that's everybody. It's not just for the older and the injured. Now, I will say that I really love Matt Pilates. But I really love the reformer as well. And not everybody is going to have access to that. But if you do have access to some kind of reformer class, it's going to target muscles in a slightly different way. So which one should you do? Yes. Just yes. You should do yoga and you should do Pilates because you're going to get different types of benefits from each one. So if you're a super active athlete, and you could only do one of these, I would probably do yoga one week, Pilates one week, yoga one week, Pilates one week, meaning you can only fit it in once a week. I think that would be a great way to have that addition. If you have a lot more flexibility in your workout plan, you wanna obviously get your cardiovascular workouts in. That's a given, three days a week has to be some type of cardio. You still need to do strength training with weights but then you get to do Pilates and yoga too. And I would be doing yoga and Pilates at least two to three days a week, a combination of them. Maybe you do yoga and Pilates one day. Maybe you just do Pilates one day. Maybe you just do yoga one day. Again, it depends what your goals are. It depends what your body's going through, um, how much cortisol you've got running through your body, all that kind of stuff. It just depends. But yes, you need it. And yes, it will benefit you no matter what. I honestly think there is just no way that yoga and Pilates are not going to be great additions to your weekly exercise routine. If you're someone who wants to build long, lean muscles instead of just contracting with heavy weights all the time, it's like a just a constant muscle contraction, right? What you're gonna get with yoga and what you're gonna get with Pilates is you're gonna be leaning out the muscle in a lengthening way. You're gonna increase your flexibility and you're gonna improve your core stability in a way that is so much different than any of my core workouts have been in the past. It's like a much deeper level of core. So all of those things would benefit all of you all the time, at any time, young or old, injured or not, but it definitely is great if you are injured because there is some rehab that you can do with it in terms of Pilates and who doesn't want to be longer and leaner. There you have it, that's Pilates, that's yoga. These are not new workouts, this is not some new trend. It's just something that I have definitely gotten more into or at least the Pilates side of it and several people have been asking me about it. I don't wanna say this because it just like, it goes against what I just said sort of, but like a lot of my clients are asking me and saying lately that they see me recovering from injury and they're feeling the aches and pains too. And so they wanna know what I'm doing with yoga and Pilates. So I want to do this, this episode today for all of you, but I just also don't want you to think it's only for us aging people who are feeling aches and pains. Does that make sense? So yes, it's benefiting us older clients, but um, it's not just for them. It's really and truly for everybody. And yes, I am going to have a program coming out that is going to be sort of a fusion between yoga, Pilates, strength, all of that, 
but I'm still building the strength and understanding and education behind all these. So this is not something that's coming out right now. It's something that I'm working on and I'm really excited about it. Um, I know it's going to benefit so many of you. So yes, I promise people are asking, when am I going to teach it? It's coming soon. I've got to recover. I just had my PRP um, procedure on my knee last week. So I've got some recovery to do. I've got to build my base back up after that. And then I promise you, I've got something awesome coming your way. But until then, sign up for the meal plan challenge. Let's get your nutrition dialed in first. And then we'll work on the entire body. Thank you so much for listening today. The Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 